1: A prominent Somali-Canadian journalist and her husband are among the victims of an extremist attack in Somalia that left 26 people dead. Hoden Nalaya was born in Somalia in 1976, but spent much of her life here in Canada, including years in Edmonton. A militant group has claimed responsibility for the attack, which began with a suicide bombing and then gunmen storming a hotel. Here is reporter Andrew Meldrum
0: al-shabaab has claimed responsibility they were pushed out of mogadishu and other major cities several years ago but they still maintain a large presence in somalia in the rural areas and they carry out frequent suicide bombings and hotel attacks in the capital and now as we see in other important cities in somalia
1: As mentioned, uh, Hodan and her husband were killed in that attack, and here in Edmonton, their friends are remembering them warmly, including Ahmed Ali, Edmonton's former poet laureate and a friend of Hodan. Ahmed, thank you for joining me.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: Now, you know, it's always difficult to, you know, um, have conversations under these circumstances, um, but you were friends. Um, I'm hopeful that you can tell us about her every picture i have seen of her she had this beautiful light that seemed to radiate from her in a beautiful smile what do you want people to know about her
0: you know um hoden is exactly uh, the right word choice to use there is a light and that's the word that i wanted to use for hoden uh, throughout is because her she felt she had an obligation or a responsibility to shine the light wherever it was turned off. And when people looked at Somalia often, they were turned off from looking at it because she would mention Google Images and say, Ahmed, isn't this disgusting? Aren't you disappointed that this is the image people see when they put in Somalia? This is not what it is. Mm. And so Odin was always somebody who wanted to bring the positivity out of news stories, which is um, something very beautiful because it takes a lot of work to really clean up an image that is deliberately stained. And so Hodden was the light in our community. When did, when did you meet? How did you, you know, meet? And, informally, informally we had met um, back in 2014 or something, but she reached out to me. and I had known about her. I, I watched integration TV and uh-huh. my mom had known about her. She's very loved and respected. Um, so I had known about her, but she reached out to me in about, I think it's 2015 and said, you know, Ahmed, I really appreciate what you're doing. How can I support you? <laughs> and I was taken aback at first because uh, I was looking for a catch, but there wasn't one, and so I fell in love with her character. Um, just to bring it locally here, somebody like Tim, who's doing 340, these are the people in our communities that are bringing the light, and it's important that we, we remember that they are providing this light. And... Um, You know we can look at hoden hoden is a representation she's an ambassador of people who want to provide service even though the service might be challenging Mm -hmm. so so it's important for us to remember those who are here as well because that's what hoden would literally focus on whenever an attack happened she would say yeah that happened but now let's move forward because people want you to focus on the negativity because mm-hmm. there's more positive to move forward with.
1: Tell tell us about uh, her work in in the Somali community and and why it was so important.
0: The reason why her work was important is because it was uh, a lot of times there are always there is always an agenda in when it comes to Somalia, it's still brand new, so there's an opportunity to benefit from its growth financially and, I guess, socially. And Holden was the total opposite. So her responsibility, she felt, was showing the positivity of Somalia to the younger generation, but also reminding the older generation that things like mental health is important, identity is important. There are challenges here in North America that are more uh, challenging than back home. And so she was a network between the older generation and the new generation providing both insight for both generations and was a link for us.
1: Her return to Somalia, you talk about shining the light and wanting to show the positive things. and Is that why you believe that she, she returned to Somalia was to say, hey, you know, let's look at the, some of the good things that are happening here and finding those connections, you know, links to our past and, uh, and to our future?
0: It, it was deliberately that. Uh, she had a friend who, uh, God rest his soul, passed away, too, who was a hotel owner mm. uh, who passed away with her there. He was a hotel owner from Tanzania, and he was a very wealthy hotel uh, mogul. And he said to Hodin, hey, Africa's a lot better than what you were shown. And then he's like, how about you come back more often, and then you'll see it for yourself, because experience shapes our perspective. And so Hodin said, okay, I'll take your challenge. So she went to smile for a bit, and she fell in love. Mm. Because even in one of her um, most recent posts, if you go scroll down on Twitter, uh, she said, one word that I've learned since I've been here in Somalia is patience. <laughs> She's like, it's patience because there are a lot of people here who have been through war and I need mm. to be patient because I still need to learn how to understand. So she was a person who gave away everything she had in Canada, which was a lot in all honesty, to go back to shine a light on somewhere people thought. That it was too dark and wasn't important enough and tell us
1: about uh, integration TV you mentioned that and it uh, that was launched in 2014 and I know um, seeing a number of people uh, you know Canada's Minister of Immigration uh, talking about it today Ontario's NDP leader talking about her death today and the important work that she did through integration uh, TV for those who don't know Ahmed can you tell us what it is
0: So Integration TV was uh, the first Somali TV station that was shown in English. Mm. Uh, It was meant for the newer generation, but also meant to really make the older generation feel like they're still part of it. And so she would talk about things like art, mental health. She would talk about things like marriage, Mm. religion, relationships, but with the context of here and now, so that there is more learning to be done. And so she was shining a light on a lot of the traumas that we had experienced and providing the insight on those traumas, yeah. but also unearthing things that are important for us to talk about, um, like mental health and, and you know, and, and uh, divorce and relationships and, and healthy ways to deal with roles and, and stuff like that. She was just it, just, it just, it was a TV station meant to provide insight and clarity
1: you looking at your uh, Twitter account, and you can follow it at uh, a yeah, nomadic, and this was from the other day, and it says, I'm, I'm sad, and I'm angry, and I'm in disbelief, but more than anything, I am so angry, so angry right now. Last year, it was my uncle. This year, one of my friends and mentors. What are we going, what do we do when they extinguish all of our beacons? Um, how frustrating is it when you see what is what is still happening there?
0: You know, the biggest challenge for me is that I am privileged mm-hmm. and I live in North America, yeah. so I have to accept the fate of these incidences but move forward. And it's so challenging because that isn't a reality here,
1: yes. but
0: that's a reality back home. And I'm still connected to back home, of course. So I have to embody that for a moment and then just let it go and move forward, but it becomes more challenging when those incidences involve people you have a relationship mm-hmm. with and you love. Mm-hmm. And and like in all honesty, Harden, we talk literally a month ago because my intention was to go back to somalia sometime this winter mm. so we could hang out and work on a few projects together mm. and there's a lot of us who are now who have grown up in canada who are going back even there's a good friend of mine named Khalid who lives here in edmonton who recently opened up a business um, where he's providing somalia medical systems uh, an online medical system mm-hmm. and he was one of the five people across the world to receive the bill gates donation like a fund wow. And so there's a lot of us who are doing these positive things, and it seems like these attacks are deliberately uh, on people who are trying to make change. So like the Minister of yeah. Infrastructure, uh, people who graduated from universities, so it just it devastates me because these are our leaders. These are the true leaders who aren't trying to get involved in politics but want to make a change on the ground. So, or it just, that's why it's a little bit more devastating, is because these people aren't trying to seek power.
1: Mm. So, so looking forward, where where do you go? How, you know, trying to process this, and and you know, as we go back to the start of our conversation and remember that light uh, of hers and the work that she tried to do, where do you take that?
0: So, firstly, the Somali Canadian Cultural Society of uh, Alberta is doing. Uh, like a remembrance and vigil this friday and they can find it on facebook personally for me there's a lot of people that reached out to me and my intention is to uh carry on her legacy because um she would say to me when one of these incidents has happened she's like this is exactly what they want yeah it's for us to be sad and that's des- uh, in despair and but that's not who we are she's like we move forward from this Ahmed. and she's like we always move forward from this one person drops the light, the next person picks it up and moves forward with this light on it. Mm. And she would constantly say that. And so for me, it's creating um, uh, almost like a scholarship or an mm. award, where is the Hauden Naleh Integration Award or something just to remember her. Because in my poetry, I say, we are nothing more than matter made of earth and time. And in a matter of time, this body of ours will go back to earth and won't matter. Because in a world where a legacy is the only thing you can leave behind it's not when you enter your grave but when the last memory of you fades that you truly die so she's not dead and she will not die we will continue to le- carry on her legacy through the work that we do because even my kindness stems from her kindness mm. she provided me an opportunity to be a full-time artist with the knowledge and the input and the support she gave me and i continue to do that through her kindness
1: Ahmed, I want to thank you for joining us this afternoon. And I want to thank you for sharing um, some details about your friend Hoden and um, who she was, the work that she was doing. And again, like I said, when I looked at those pictures of her, that was the first thing that I saw was this bright, bright light. I'm sorry it's under these circumstances that we're talking, but uh, I know that you will continue uh, working forward in, in trying to shine that light as well. Thank you so much for joining us.
0: Thank you very much for having
1: me. I appreciate it. Take care now. That is Ahmed Ali. He was Edmonton's former poet laureate and a friend of uh, Hodan Nalaya who was uh, killed over the weekend in a... Terror attack in uh, Somalia. She was the mother of two boys. Uh, we heard this morning that was pregnant um, at the time of her death uh, as well. Um, Jabril Ibrahim, the president of the Somali Canadian Cultural Society of Edmonton, and Ahmad mentioned it, um, saying that they're planning to announce a scholarship in her honor this Friday at a memorial planned for her and others lost in the attack. You'll be able to find it on their Facebook page. Sarah texted in and said, this fellow sounds really inspiring. Yeah, he is. If you want to check out his web page, um, you can go to Ahmed Nomadic, so um, Yeah, he's a, an artist, a community builder, an educator. He's traveled the world, uh, won all sorts of awards, uh, Poet laure- Laureate, as, uh, as we mentioned. So if you want to read more about him, uh, you can. And then Aaron says... The lady that you're talking about, was she on Jespo's show last month? And I don't know the answer to that. I just tried to pull up an old rundown, but I, I couldn't find it. But I will find out for you. As we head up to the top of the hour, off the top of the show today, we talked about um, the smartphones, right? Well, we talked about gaming, and and this... <clears throat> Uh, a study that came out was from the Canadian Internet Registration Authority. It published a study revealing the state of the nation's internet use and access. And, and check this out and see where you fall in it. And let me know at 6.30, 6.30. It says 80% of you haven't been able to unplug in the last 12 months. 85% of you had not spent more than one week offline last year. okay. Not one, Yeah, 85% of you had not spent more than one week offline in the last year. Only one in five people surveyed had even disconnected for eight hours straight. 30, uh, three quarters of Canadians surf your internet while watching TV. of you say they'd be unlikely to buy a house in an area that didn't have high-speed internet and 46% of you admit to using their phones and their smartphones in their bathroom so how much are you using your smartphone right now and how much are how often are you disconnecting And I'll be honest with you, I have trouble disconnecting. I was on holidays for the last two weeks. Uh, My husband and I went away to a a nice location. And I was really proud of myself for those seven days. uh, Unless I was taking a couple pictures here and there, I left my phone in the room. I did not bring it with me. Uh, It was in the room. There was no, I was trying not to, you know, go on Twitter or on Facebook or anything like that. Made a real conscious effort to not be online. And you know what? It felt bloody awesome. To the point this morning, as I'm getting ready to work, come back to work, and of course the first thing I do in the morning, because now I've got to go to work, you're on there and you're on the internet and you're looking for stuff, and thinking to myself, how could I, and would it be possible to completely shut down online? except for work stuff, whether it's, you know, Google and whatnot. But I'm talking about Facebook. I'm talking about Twitter. I'm talking about Instagram. All of this kind of blah, blah noise that just fills your day, and you just, oh, you get bored, and you go back, and you look at it. Because... I know your phone probably does the same thing as mine. I get these status reports and it says, oh, your, your usage is up 30% from last week or it's down 50% from last week. Yeah, because I was on holidays. But doesn't it just kind of, you sit there and go, how much time am I spending on this darn thing? And it's tough because we use it for work. We use it for work. And I know a lot of you use it for work. But have you been able to unplug at all? How are you doing it? What's the longest time you've been able to go without using, having this little hands in my hand right now? At 6.30, 6.30, let me know.